0: Aum Shanno Mitrasyaṁ Varuṇaha Shanno Bhavatvaryama Shanna Indra Vrihaspatihe Shanno Vishnururukramaha Namo Brahmane Namaste Vāyotvameva Pratyakṣaṁ Brahmāsi Tvami vapratiyakshambhram avadishyami, rtam avadishyami, satyam avadishyami, tanmam avadu, (coughs) tadvakhtaram avadu, avatu vakhtaram, o Shant, a shant, a shant, a shant, Shanti 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 Om Yes Chanda Samrishabho Chanda Bhya Dhamrata Sambhuva Samindra Vyasya Devadharano Bhuyasam Shariram Mevicharshanam Jehvam Me Madhu Matthamam Karna Abhyam Bhuri Vishruvam Brahmana Koshasimedhaya Pidaha Shrutam Me Gopaya Shanti, Shanti, Om Aham Raksasya Riva Kirte Prashthangira Riva Urdhva Pavitra Vajini Vasva Mrdhama Savarchasam Sumedha Amrita Kshidaha Ititra Saṃkhaur Vedānu Vachanam Shānti 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 Om Pūraṇa Madhav Pūraṇa Midham Pūraṇa Pūraṇa Mudachyadeh Pūrāṇasya Pūrāṇamādāya Pūrāṇam eva Vaśasyaday Om Shānti 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 Shruti Smṛti Pūrāṇānām Ālayam karunālayam Namāmi Bhagavat Pāda Shankaram Loka Shankaram shankaram shankaracharyam keshavam bhadarayanam sutra bhashya krutau vanne bhagavanta punah punaha ishvaro gurur atme re murti bheda vibhavine vyomavat vyapta Dakshinā mūrta ye namah. Akhandam satchidānandam, Akhandam satchidānandam, Avāṅ manasa gocharam, Avāṅ manasa gocharam, ātmāna makhilādhāram, ātmāna makhilādhāram, Āśraye <Shrayai> bhīṣṭa-siddhaye Āśraye bhīṣṭa-siddhaye Ārtha-tau-pyadvayanandān Ārtha-tau-pyadvayanandān Āthita-dvaita-bhānataḥ Guru-nārādhyavedānta, Guru-nārādhyavedānta, sāram vakṣya yathāmade, sāram vakṣya yathāmade. Sāram vakṣya yathāmade, Om yas chand samrushabhavishvarupa chandavya dhyamrtat medhaya amrutasya devadharana bhuyasam sariram mevicharshanam jikhvame madhu karna abhyam bhuri vishruvam brahmana khososi medhaya pihidaha srutam me gophaya om shant shant shanthi Om aham rukṣasya re riva kīrtepraṣṭhaṃ gi urdhva vājini vasvamṛta masme draviṁ sumedhā amṛta kṣitaha nitetriṣaṅkor vedānu vachanam Om Shante 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 Om Poornamada Poornamidam Poornat Poornamudachyade Poornasya Poornamadaya Poornam vasyade Om Shant 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 Shruti nam, Alayam Karunalayam Namami Bhagavat Pada Shankaram Lokashankaram Shankaram Shankaracharyam keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra bhashya kruta vande bhadavanta puna punaha ishvara guru rat mede murti bhedavibhagine vyoma vadvyapta dehaya dakshina murthayenam akhandam satchidanandam Akhandam satchila nandam Avang manasa gocharam Avang manasa gocharam Atmana आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये Atmana अर्थतो व्यद्वया नन्दन अतीत द्वैत भानतः अतीत द्वैत भानतः गुरुन आराध्य Now on the page 69, passage 122, ilanim pratyagatmani idam idam ayam ayam aroopayadi di Now it's going to be stated, visheshatah in particular, how pratyagatmani, how upon the inner self. So you may say there is an outer self and inner self, if you want to say. Outer self, meaning the self of the universe, inner self is the self of the individual, both are one, <clears throat> but still, so far we talked about the, the awareness, which is the substratum of the whole creation, and now the teacher is going to talk about the superimpositions that are made upon the self, and as we discussed yesterday, this is done in a certain method. There is a certain approach we say It is called Arundhati Pradarsan Nyaya. The Nyaya or the rule or the method of showing that star Arundhati, which is a very subtle star. Very uh, so you lead the viewer from a brighter star to a less bright star to yet le- less bright star, and then finally you lead the att- you lead him to see the Arundhati, which is a very very uh, very fine star, meaning not bright at all. It's a, it's a, so uh, one is able to see that star slowly and slowly when the eyes are tuned up, when the eyes are focused. <coughs> there is another nyaya also, munjadi munjadi ishika grahan Munja ishika grahan There is a, a sort of a grass called munja grass. And it has a very tender core, and that core is covered by a rather hard covering of several layers, like you peel off onion, you know. Similarly, also that core of the munja grass is a very fine, very soft core, and it's covered by very hard layers. So during certain rituals, it is necessary to remove that core from the munja grass, and you have to slowly remove those outer layers one after the other. And finally, in a very, you have to really pay attention. If you don't do it properly, those layers are so hard that if you don't do it properly, you may get hurt. It may cut your finger. And again, if you are not careful, that munja grass, that core itself, is so tender that it may break. So, this is a illustration that is commonly given here in the scriptures. Munjat isika grahana. How from that grass, having this different hard layers, how you acquire or how you retrieve that soft or tender core. And so also as though the self is covered by hard cores, which is what we call kosha. Kosha means the sheets that we are talking about. The annamaya, pranamaya, manomaya. So by the food sheath or by the vital air sheath or the mental sheath or the intellectual sheath, like this, in all these notions, in short, in all these notions the true nature of the self is also hidden. And the self has to be separated or discriminated from the non self in the same manner. The kind of concentration, single pointedness, and tenderness that is required in separating that soft core from the hard cover in the Munjagras. So, also the same kind of tenderness and attention and focusing and concentration is required to be able to separate the self from the non self. And therefore, we will see how the teacher here leads us from various, so from the grossest notions that people entertain about the self to the subtler and subtler ideas about the self and ultimately to the Vedantic vision of the self. The, the author slowly leads us to that and we will see that process. <coughs> So first of all is shown the opinion of the grossest people, what they take the self to be. It says in the passage, 123. Atiprakritastu Atiprakritastu Atmavai Jāyate putraha Ityāda swasminna iva putre vi prema darshanada putre pushte nashte ca aham eva pushte hae ityadi Anubhavacca Putraha Atma Itivadati Atiprakruta Prakruta meaning the one who is identified with prakriti. Prakriti means matter so one identified with prakriti or the matter is called Prakruta so the person who is very uh, extremely deluded very gross or extremely deluded person. What is his concept of self? He says, Putra Atma Adi Vadati. This extremely deluded person says, looking at the sun, this is myself, you know. So, he's so identified and so attached to the sun. So in the olden days, I guess even now also, there is great value for having a sun, S-O-N, sun. And parents always used to look forward to having a, When they have a child, they would always look forward to having a son instead of a daughter. A son is a greater value. So that's how they used to think. And therefore a father would be particularly attached to son. Vai putra namasi. That's a statement of Veda. Or, vai putra. So discrimination goes on from that time on. Vai putra. It is said that Atma, the self alone, is born as a son. So father feels that he alone is born in this form as a son and therefore he loves the son as he would love his own self. So, in fact the person loves the son more than one loves oneself. Very often father and mother both, they would feed, you know, good food to the child, to the son and themselves even remain hungry. So very often they deny that pleasure to themselves and see the son or the child having that pleasure. In fact, they get more joy out of the joy of the child. So this is the experience. Putre nashte, ahameva nashtaha When my son is ruined, I am ruined. Putre puste ahameva pushtaha When my son is prosperous, I am prosperous. And we find this happening to parents sometimes, so attached to the child. When the son scores well in the examination, then the father just feels so great about it. And if the son misses out in the school of what it is, or some... Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, they have not been switching this on. So the putre naste, or perhaps to ask me to slow down, I guess, you know. <laughs> putre pushte, aham pushte Putre naste. This is a common expression. When the son is prosperous, I am prosperous. When the son is ruined, I am ruined. When the son falls sick, the father or the mother falls sick. Really, it happens. What we call sympathetic sympathetic response. And thus, we find people so attached to their sons. It is the self alone who is born, is the son. So, this kind of. When you ask, how do. How do you love him so much? You know, he's not yours. It is not you. He says, yes, this is myself. And he quotes. So everybody, in order to support whatever notions are entertaining about the self, all may find that support from the scriptures. Such vast are the scriptures that you can only find some statement or the other in supporting your view. That's how everybody quotes scriptures, you know. It's a devil's course scriptures, you know, because he knows the scriptures more perhaps, or so whatever it is. But here, these are not devils really. These fellows are all having their own notions about the self. And in order to support every notion, they have a quotation from Vedas. Somewhere this quotation is, Atmavai Putranamasi. They say, Hey Putra, you are my self. This is what the father says. Or here it says, Atmavai Jayate Putraha. The Atma here means self alone is born as a son. Swasminiva putrevi prema Why do you say that the Atma a son is the self? Because self is always the object of greatest love. Swasminiva putrevi prema That one loves the son as much as one loves oneself, or one loves the son even more than what one loves oneself. Also, putre. But you never say the son as I usually atma or self means i so whatever is the locus of the concept i is called atma atma or self is that which is the locus or the the content of the concept concept i nobody calls son as i how do you call him yourself Just Putre pushte, aham pushte hai. Putre nashte, aham nashte hai. When the sun is happy, I am happy. When the sun is sad, I am sad. When he's prosperous, I am prosperous. When he is ruined, I am ruined. That is my experience. And that shows that sun is the self. I mean, you know, this is not a philosophy. This is the kind of vyavahara or kind of life that we find in the, in the world, atiprakradaha. Extremely deluded people, they I so much identify with, that son is, is an illustration, can he daughter also? You know, it doesn't really make any difference what it is. The example is given of son. Some people are highly attached to daughter also. Somebody may be attached to a cow, somebody may be attached to a cat, somebody may be attached to a car or a house or anything. The idea is that Atit prakritraha, extremely diluted and gross people are those who are so highly attached to something other than themselves that When something happens to that, you know, I'm so attached to the car, that when the car meets with an accident, my heart breaks. Some people, the the wall is freshly painted, and the neighbor's son comes and does all kinds of things on the wall, you know. And then he doesn't do it on the wall, it's on my heart, you know, that he does that. So this is how we feel, and that shows how much identified we are with the things. It's my fountain pen, my pen. If it falls down, I feel that I have suffered the injury. So we do experience this kind of an extreme attachment with things other than ourselves and that is what is said here. That usually self occupies, self always is the center of our life. We do all these things centered around what we consider as Atma or the Self. So when my life is centered around a cat or a dog or a child or something like that, it only amounts to saying, whether I proclaim it in so many words or not, but it only amounts to saying that, I look upon that thing, whether it's a cat, or a dog, or a son, or whoever it is, that I look upon as a self, it amounts to that. So it is not that when you ask these people, and say, what is your concept of Atma, and they say, oh, this is Atma, they may not say that. However, their whole behavior reveals that, that's all. Because the life is centered around that. And happiness of that is happiness of I. Unhappiness of that is unhappiness of I. That shows that I so much identify with that, I am so much attached to that, that for all practical purposes that alone is looked upon as a self. So, (coughs) the teacher starts here with the grossest example of how people who are extremely deluded, they consider even outside things, things other than themselves as the Atma, as a self. Putrinah istam istam khadhyadi swatmavanchane nabhi putreshu samarpanthe When they are offering food to the sun, all the good food is given there and they deprive themselves of that good food and, and serve the sun. Teṣu parama prema kurvantah And therefore, showering extreme amount of love to a sun or to a person like that. Tesham atmatmeva prakarayanti. Not that they declare, as you say, in so many words, but their whole behavior reveals that they look upon a son or something else as Atman. These are atiprakradaha, extremely deluded people or extremely gross people. <coughs> now we come to the philosophers. So, this is not a philosopher, this is a common man. And perhaps, may not even be literate, but everybody has understand. Whether a man is versed in scriptures or not, whether his person is educated or illiterate, everyone invariably has a notion about the self. Atma or the self, everyone has a notion about that. And that notion or, or that perception, in fact, guides the entire life. At any point in time, whatever is my perception of myself, that is what I am. And that is what, in fact, determines my behavior, that determines my response. How I respond at any given point in time to outside world or how I respond to my own self depends upon what I take the self to be at that moment. So this discussion is extremely important because self, as you say, it is the center of our all, whole life. That only de- determines what we are and what we do. And therefore uh, we find these various notions being entertained by our own self. Even though we give them names, this is a Charvaka, this is a Sankhya, this is, a, you know, this is a Mimamsaka. So these are the different thinkers, the schools of thoughts are there. And these different opinions are presented here as, as, uh, as presented by or as advanced by different schools of thought. But we will find that we ourselves have all these notions. It is easy to laugh at someone else that he caused his son himself. But then I also have the same problem. Even my shoes, you know, if something happens there, or whatever. How we are so identified with our possessions or belongings, that shows that prakrutattvam, that delusion is there. When what happens to something else affects me, it is one thing that I feel pain and compassion because of somebody's pain. That's a different thing. To feel compassion for someone is a different thing. But the pain that arises on account of identification. You know that I feel a personal loss or something like that. I cannot do without something. I feel that I am deprived. So that pain or pleasure that arises on account of identification is what is meant here. Uh, And that is how people are as good as what they take themselves to be. So if I take the cat to be myself, I am as good as that alone. And if I know myself as Satchirananda, I am as good as that. So I'm as good as what I know myself to be. That's the reason for examining all these various notions about the Self. Now we continue with the passage, 124. Charvākastu Savāeṣaḥ Purushaḥ annarasamaya hai ityadishrute hai pradeepta-grihar svaputram parityajjabe swasya nirgama darshanada sthuloham krushoham Ittyadi Anubhavacha Sthula Shariram Atma Itivadati Charvaka <coughs> Charvaka is a name given to the materialist, thorough materialist. No, we don't know what exactly is the derivation of this word Charvaka. But somebody has explained. Charu vakaha. Yasya sa charvakaha. So, sa yes, charu vapar vacha. Yasya charvakaha. One who talks in very sweet words. So, that's called a charvakaha. So, this is a materialist who takes this very body as a self. charu-vākha-stu. So, here is this fellow who is what we call atiprakrta or extremely deluded, who takes his son or someone other than himself as a son. So as against that now, we have this other person who is a philosopher also. <coughs> he says, De sthula shariram atma He says, sthula shariram, this gross body itself is the Atma, is a Self. So these materialists are the people who take the body itself as a Self. Where is the proof that there is something other than body? Have you ever seen a Self separate from the body? When the body dies, have you ever seen anybody being alive? Have you ever seen anything remaining a residue after the death of the body? Who said that even a mind separates from the body? Who has seen a mind separate from the body? Mind also is nothing but the property of the body. So these people say that consciousness is the property or attribute of the body. All right, what is this body made up of? The body is made up of four elements. They don't accept five elements. Space they don't accept as an element but air, fire, water and earth. These are the four elements, the combination of which brings about what to call Sula Sriram or gross body. But each of these elements is inert. Air and fire and water and earth, all these elements are inert. And then, how is this, how our body is conscious? So we say that there must be something other than the elements that imparts sentiency to the body. Because if elements themselves are inert, how can this body, which is a combination of inert elements, how can it be conscious? How can it be sentient? Just says, no, it happens. that even inert elements also, when they combine in a particular manner, they give rise to consciousness. And they give a very... Uh, old-fashioned example in India, we have this betel leaf, you know. So betel betel leaf, perhaps you may have seen. It's green leaf, and in many, many places in India, people eat this leaf after the food, you know, as what they call makua for cleaning the mouth, etc. So people are fond of eating this betel leaf, and in that they have a, a betel nut, and then there is a, that what do you call it? That white lime. And such few other things are there and then you can do anything, you know, you can add all kinds of spices in there also. You can, and that's what they eat. See, this bitter leaf is green. The lime is white. When you eat this bitter leaf, you know, it produces a juice. What is its color? Red. So people who eat, so those who have gone to India know. In some places you find all kinds of red, you know, on the walls and things. When people, <laughs> spit. Then this, this kind of things you can see this uh, red stuff coming out. And so when you eat this bitter leaf which is green and the lime which is white, how it gives out red color? So can you, suppose you add green color and white color, would they ever add up to red, no? But bitter, bitter leaf which is green and lime which is white, when you, when you mix them, when you chew them, then what comes out is red color. That shows that when the elements combine with one another then they can produce an effect which is not inherent in them. This is the idea there. That when things combine then they have a capability of producing something more than each one of them. This also we know. That sometimes two is more than two. One plus one is more than two. Each one is separately incapable of doing or ineffective. When they combine, as I say, like the two wheels of a chariot, Each wheel is incapable of doing it, you know. So, chariot with one wheel, doesn't go at half the speed of the chariot with two wheels. Chariot with one wheel, just cannot proceed. So, how when you add a second wheel, how, you know, it moves fast? So, sometimes one plus one is more than two. And similarly also, here, even though each element is inert, when those elements combine in a particular way, then they give rise to what we call consciousness, and therefore, consciousness is the property of these elements. This is what charu- This is what scientists also say about it. Everybody says this. So this they were called charvaka. Imagine in the Vedic times also, all these opinions were prevalent, and they were called charvaka. So charvaka meaning people with very pleasant words. So they can very easily entice people and very easily draw you know. I mean, uh, they can draw the uh, favor or the allegiance to the people very easily by presenting this kind of opinions. But, and these fellows believe only in pratyeksa-pramana, only in perception. They say that we can only depend upon that knowledge which is derived as a result of perception. We don't accept inference. we don't accept any other source of knowledge. Scriptures they never accept, and we don't have to go into details of their opinion, but those fellows must have been very strong and they say scriptures are all nothing but the, the, uh, the construction, fabrication of all these priest class people who have fabricated them merely to cheat the people and in order to sustain their livelihood. All these things they will say, is not cheating business. All of these temples and things are created merely to sustain the livelihood. The priest class has created all of this to sustain their livelihood. This kind of things, they, the people would like to hear this kind of things. Most people are so much complex inside them, that if somebody gives some validity to what they are thinking, everybody likes that. <coughs> so there are much, many more followers than you and I would have, you know. So we may have half a dozen people listening to us, but they would have perhaps uh, five hundred people listening to them, because these words, are, I mean, people find great relevance, or they are able to relate to these things very well. But anyway, these are charvakaha, meaning the material is, who is a materialist? Materialist is the person who considers matter as truth. Let's see, materialist. Materialist is not the person who is dealing with matter. Everybody deals with matter. Everybody has to eat food and everybody has to do the same thing. However, who is a materialist? One who considers matter as the truth. And who is a spiritual person who considers spirit as the truth. <coughs> so these are the these are the thorough materialists, charvaka. They say that this gross body is a self. <clears throat> and they present various reasons in our own language. They speak to us in our language. Because we, there are there are three kinds of uh, proofs that are requ- evidences that are required. Or three kinds of evidences which are generally presented. Sruti, Yukti and Anubhavaya. Shruti means scripture, particularly Vedas. Yukti means reasoning or logic. And Anubhava is experience. So these three, there must be concurrence of these three, then alone we accept a given thing as truth. Shruti, Yukti and Anubhava. Shruti what the scripture says, Yukti whatever reason says, that also should concur with what the scripture says, and it should be our experience also. So, you will find that each one of these opinions that is presented about the self in subsequent passages, each proponent of that opinion presents Shruti, Yukti, and Anuhava, or Vedas, Upanishads in particular, and reason as well as experience as the evidence to show the validity in support of the opinion that they entertain. <coughs> so, first of all, Shruti Sava E Shapurushaha Samayaha. See how Taitriya Upanishad itself says, Savayesha purusha. Hai. Purusha means person or the self. Annarasamaya. This purusha or the self is made of what? Constituted of annarasamaya, essence of food. Look, Taitriya Upanishad says that the self is constitu- constituted of the essence of food. What is the essence of, what is made of essence of food? This gross body. Therefore, even Taitriya Upanishad also says that this gross body is the self. So this is Shruti. As I said, you can always find statements from, you know, scriptures or vast literature. As Swami used to say, you may quote, there are so many Puranas, eighteen Puranas are there. There are eighteen Upa Puranas are there. And somewhere you can quote, you have a quotation from Garuda purana, purana or Matsya Purana or Kurma Purana and you can always find something you, which you can quote out of context. All those texts are wonderful. But if you take a statement out of context, then it will mislead you. And this is true of anybody. That's what you have to do when you become a, a press reporter. Just take somebody's quotation and present it in a different context and that fellow is ruined, you know. I never said that. But this is what you said. But I, I meant this, you know. Then you keep all kinds of explanations. So whenever you take out a quotation or a statement, out of context, then it can be interpreted in whichever way you like. And similarly also we'll find, each one of these fellows quotes a statement from the Upanishads, with, not in the context when I mean the Upanishad presents. In fact, the Ittiri Upanishad also seeks to present the nature of the Self in the same manner. Starting from the grossest notion that we have about the Self, that normally we take the body to be the Self, And then Taitri Upanishad says, okay, this body is a self. But ask this question Is this body alive or is this body conscious because of itself? Or does the body derive its sentiency and derive its energy and life from something else? Pranandeva anuprananti. So, these bodies of the devatas and of the human beings and all the bodies, they are all alive because of prana, because of the vital air. And if that vital force is not there, this body is no more alive. And this is how they lead our attention ultimately the true nature of the self, which is Brahma, beginning from body, which is commonly taken to be the Atma, the self. And in context of that, this statement occurs in Taittiriya Upanishad, that this this self, made of address, one made of essence of food, is the self. So it says, see our Upanishad says that the gross body is the Self. Okay. Secondly, another thing about the, what's the, what's the reason now? Shruti is quoted yukti. You must also uh, pr- present a reason that supports the quotation from the Shruti. So say, they said look, that which is the locus of our total love or that which is the locus of the greatest love is the Self. Because everyone loves the Self more than anything else. Tadeetat Preha, Putrat Preha, Vittat Preha, Anyasmat sarvasmad. Yet Antarataram Yadayam Atma Says bruhadaranyaka Nika Upanishad, Tadeetat Preha, the Self is very dear. Putrat Preha, he is dearer than the Son. Vittat Preha, the Self is dearer than wealth. Anyasmāt sarvasmāt In fact, Self is that which is dearer than anyone else. So that which is dear to me, or that which is the object of my love, is a Self. So now he says, how can you say, the earlier that the sun is myself? How can you say the Son is Yourself? Son is not Yourself, this body is Yourself. Because, says, pradīpta gruḥāt, svaputram so paritya jāvi, nirgama darshanat. Suppose, uh, you all live in a house with a family, children and all of them. Suppose there is fire in the house. What do you do? Pradeepta Gruhat, you will try to save them all right. You try to save your wife and children and these and that and what not. But when you find that you cannot save them, then ultimately what do you do? You discard them and you run away. I think this is a very bitter or unfortunate fact of life, but ultimately what counts is yourself. And that even your, the son who is, so, who is so dear to you, you find that you cannot save him from a burning house, ultimately you leave him there and you run away. This is the experience. Therefore it shows that the son is not the self, but this body is the self, because you even discard the son or whatever you consider to be dear for the sake of your own self. You know, they, in order to make this point, they tell us the story of a monkey, of a, of a female monkey, of a mother monkey. They say that the mother loves the child like nobody loves, and mother loves a child more than her own self. Hmm? That's what is said about the love of mother. So there was this discussion between a, an emperor whose name was Akbar, and he, has a mini- he had a minister whose name was Birbal. So there are many stories of Akbar and Birbal, this kind of uh, dialogue between them. So the emperor says that, look, mother loves her child more than she loves herself. Then the minister says, no, no, no my sir, this, that is, no, no, my lord, that cannot be so. She says, yes, it is so. So okay, we'll demonstrate. Then you know what they did? He says, this minister took the emperor to a place, to the garden where there was a, uh, what do you call it, the water fountain. So there was this water well, a shallow well was there. And one monkey, uh, a female monkey with a little child, they were brought there and made to stand in that, the, the, in the, uh, in the uh, water well, which was empty. And slowly and slowly the water was being filled. So, monkey was holding that little child, you know, in her hand and the water started rising. And slowly and slowly as the water rose up to the hand, she started lifting the child. Then emperor says, see I told you that she will always protect the child. Slowly as the water surface kept on rising, slowly and slowly she started lifting the child and finally she kept it on her head. Look, I told you that the mother loves child more than she loves herself. But when the water started rising up to the nose level and when that female monkey could no more now sustain her own life, this is the story, you know. You know what she did? She took that child, kept it on the floor and stood on, on the head, you know. <laughs> so this is the story anyway. I don't know. The, the point is that when it really comes to ultimate test, then it will found that one loves one's own self or this body more than anything else. Putrat preh, vittat preh, sarvasmaat preha. The self is dearer than the sun, dearer than wealth, dearer than anything else. <coughs> this is the argument. This, this people advance in support of their view that it is a body that is a self, gross body that is a self, and not the sun. So pradīpta-gruhāt, svaputram so paritya we find that the person runs away even leaving the dear son also in the house which is on fire. So this is the Yukti. Yukti means reasoning. Shruti is The quotation of the Shruti of the Upanishad is the Upanishad says that this self is constituted of the essence of food. The Yukti, the reason, says that the Sun, that the Self is dearer than anything else because we are willing to discard everything ultimately in order to save our own Self. And finally, that which is, as we said, the locus of I, the notion of the... the locus of the concept I is the Atma, the Self. So he says, sthuloham, haṁ ityadi anubhavācha. It experience that I call myself, Hey, I am fat, I am lean. I am tall, I am short, I am fair, I am dark. So when I, when I identify myself in this manner, or when I think of myself in this manner, that I am tall and I am short, then what am I saying actually? That is body I am. Because it is body that is tall and short and fair and dark and lean and fat and what not. So when we think of ourselves as fat or lean, Swamiji, this year that's it now. Only one meal a day, no two meals, you know, all it is. Why? Because I must shrink. <laughs> so this is how we did. That, how does that arise? Or anyway. So when you have this kind of results, no more sweets now. So these resolves arise from where? Only from this notion of my or taking this body to be myself. It doesn't have to be. I can take the body to be an instrument also, which is meant for a certain purpose, and therefore want to keep it fit, that also is okay. But many people, who are so identified with the body, they will say, I am fat, I am lean, I am tall, I am short, and then really we feel that. So when the head starts turning gray, then you really feel that, that's it. When the wrinkles come, then you feel that you are gone now. You are going, that is it. And so, this kind of fears and things like that which arise in us, shows the tremendous atta- identification with the body. And it is not that Charvaga or these materialists say that. Everybody says that. This material is is present in everyone. It is easy to laugh at these people and dismiss it as their opinion. But we must know that all these opinions are entertained by us at one point in time and we have to know how this body is so dear to us because that is considered to be the Self. And therefore I always identify as a man, as woman, as father, as mother. All of these are the attributes of the body. And therefore when I identify myself that way. It shows that this body is in fact taken to self by me. <coughs> so these are the charvakas. These are the, what they call the uh, materialists, thorough materialists Okay. So by the way, everyone accepts this one thing, that whatever is the locus of the concept I, that is indeed the self. That everyone accepts. Whatever is the locus of this concept I is the self. So they say that the body is the locus of the concept I, therefore, body is a self. <clears throat> now you will find, as these views are presented, other people arising and refuting these views and presenting their views. So just as this fellow who takes the body as a self refuted the view of the sun being the self, now somebody else arises and it refutes the view that this gross body is a self. Now, who is he? Say so, the next passage. Aparascharvaka teha pranaha prajapatim petaram etya uchuhu. Ityadishrutehe Indriyanam Abhave Kanoham Badhiroham Ityadi Anubhavacha Indriyani Atman all right. Another materialist, a little more advanced than the previous fellow. What does he say? He says, it is not this gross body that is the self. Indriyani, the sense organs are the self. So that's another view about the self. The sense organs are the self. How do you say? Where do you find this, that the sense organs are the self? He says, well, the sense organs are actually conscious beings. The body is not conscious on its own account. The body is conscious because of sense organs. Indriyanam abhave, sharira chalana abhavad. Indriyanam abhave, when the sense organs are not functioning, sharira chalana abhavad, we find that the body does not function. When five organs of perception and five organs of action, when none of them is functioning, at that time we find that the body also is not functioning. As in sleep for example. So when svaparav, when in sleep or in dream, when there is no identification, when these organs of perception are not active, the organs of action are also not active, at that time what do we find? The body also becomes as good as in And when you wake up, and when your eyes and ears and hands and legs and all the organs of perception, organs of action, when they start functioning, then the body also starts functioning. It's important. It's one thing to say that the body is a self, but all to say that the body is alive, that the body has consciousness. And how do you say that the body is conscious? Because body is movement. So that which moves, we commonly take it to be conscious. Fine. But does the body move on its own account? That way the fan also can be said to be conscious being, just because it moves. But does the fan move on its own account? No. The fan moves because there is a motor inside. So if you want to say, just because fan moves, somebody says, fan is atma. Says, no, no, fan is not the atma. There is some other thing inside, like the motor, which is responsible for the movement of the fan. Similarly also, what is it that is responsible for the movement of this body? The sense organism. Indriyana, Uparame, Swapadu Dehe Chaitanya We find that in sleep and in dream, etc., when the organs, sense organs of perception and organs of action are not functioning, at that time the body also does not move, body also does not function. Tat Tat Dashanat. And when we wake up, And when these organs of perception, etc., become active, we find that the body also becomes active. Anve vytareka bhyam indriyani eva chetanani na deha ha. Just by the method of agreement and disagreement we find that indriyani, chetanani, the sense organs in fact are conscious. Because when the sense organs are functioning, then the body is conscious. When sense organs are not functioning, then the body is not conscious. What does it mean? It means that it is the sense organs which impart consciousness to the body. When electrical power is there, then the bulb shines. When electric power is not there, bulb does not shine. What does it mean? That the shining of the bulb is due to electricity. So this is a method called Anvaya Vedereka, the method of agreement and disagreement. Meaning that when the electricity is there, then the light is. When the electricity is not there, the light is not. Then we conclude that light is due to electricity. And similarly also here, when the sense organs are functioning, then the body is conscious. When the sense organs are not functioning, as in sleep and dream, the body is not. That shows that the consciousness the body has is due to sense organs. And therefore, if you want to say that, that which is conscious is Atma. So another thing about the self is, everyone also accepts that the self is a conscious being. Everyone accepts that, self is that which is the locus of the concept I. Everyone accepts also that self is that which is locus of my unconditional love. Everyone also accepts that self is that which is the conscious being. So conscious being is the self that everyone accepts. So here the second school of thought means to say that even though body appears to be conscious, the consciousness of the body exhibits is not on account of itself, but is on account of the sense organs. And therefore, if conscious being conscious is the criterion for its being the self, then sense organs should properly be called the self and not the gross body. (coughs) Where do you find evidence that the sense organs are conscious? That sense organs are conscious beings. Where do you find the evidence of that? That eyes and ears and hands and legs and speech, that these are all conscious beings. How do you say that? Then he quotes from Shruti, Chandogya Upanishad. Teha pranaha prajabadim pitaram etya uchuhu. Teha pranaha, those sense organs, prajabadim pitaram etya uchuhu. They went to their father, the creator, and saved this. So there is a story in Chandogya Upanishad, Prashna Upanishad, Burhadar Upanishad. In this Upanishad there are stories. And what is the story like? It is said that once upon a time there was a debate among these these various sense organs. Like when we were children, there used to be a story. There was a debate among different pots and pans in the kitchen, you know. And so the... uh, The plate says that I am most important and the water pot says that I am most important and everybody used to claim their importance. So similarly also here in the body, once there was a great debate among the different organs of action and different organs of perception, among them, each one claiming to be the most important and each one claiming that this body survives only because of itself. So speech claimed itself to be the most important, eyes claimed themselves the most important, mind claim itself to be the most important and thus each one claiming to be the most important and claiming to be the self. They could not come to any conclusion. Therefore in order to now uh, get the justice or in order to decide who is right, all of them went to Prajapati, the creator, the father and asked him. So this statement comes from there. That all those praha, meaning sense organs here, all these prana, the sense organs, went to Prajapati the father and asked him, O oh, revered sir, you please decide who amongst us is the most important and who amongst us really sustains this body. Then Prajapati the father said, Well, by, by the departure of which one, the body becomes insentient. That should, that should be considered as the most important one. So they said, all right, they all came back and decided to show how important they were. And thus the speech went away. Speech said, okay, I'm going now, let me see how you function without me. So the faculty of speech went away for one year it seems and then came back. When this speech came back, Vāṇī, then the thing, the this person was still functioning. Everybody was functioning. says, what did you do without me? It says, well, we did whatever a dumb person does, that's how we did. Then the speech found that, okay, without her also this vyavahara or this functioning can go on and therefore it quietly came and took its place. I said, okay, let me see now how you function without me. My eyes went away for a year and then they came back. It says, hey, what did you do without me? Well, without you, we were like the blind, like a blind person functions, so we function. Then eyes realized that without them also, this body can function. And like this, one by one, different faculties left. The mind left at one point in time, saying that, look, let me show how you function without me. And then it came back after one year, hey, what did you do without me? Well, like a total stupid fool axe, you know, so also, like a dumb person. So we also did that. Mind also found that this body can function without that. The story continues. Then this vital force called prana is all right now. Let me see how you function without me. And this prana or the main vital force started leaving the body. It did not even leave. It started leaving. And even as it started leaving this body, you know what happened? Like the horses, like a horse. Sometimes they tie the legs of the horse with a, uh, you know, tie it with a small post or something like that. But sometimes this horse, you know, is so strong that it pulls that post and then runs away. And similarly also, when this prana or the vital has started leaving the body, then all the sense organs found that they were as though being pulled away from the very root. And they found therefore that they cannot survive if this prana or the white air is not. So they, all of them, say to him, "Oh prana, oh white air, please don't leave. Because when you leave, then we cannot remain here, we seem to be dragged along with you. So you please leave, we accept that you are the most exalted amongst us. This story appears in more than one Upanishads with slight variations. What's the purpose of the story? Purpose of story is to enjoin upasana or meditation upon prana. In Upanishads we find many meditations upon prana or the vital energy. It is the source of all the vitality. And what is the source of vitality of the individual? Also the source of vitality of the whole cosmos. Whenever you meditate upon the very source of vitality, the prana, and you also become you gain that vitality. So prana upasana is very very common in the Upanishads and in context of the upasana or meditation on prana sometimes this kind of stories are told (coughs) to show how prana or the vital air is indeed the most important faculty. It is because of that alone that other sense organs are active (coughs) but here however this person quotes only one part of the state, of the whole story. If this person quotes the whole story, then he himself cannot say that the sense organs are the self. Then he will have to say that the sense organs are able to function because of the prana, because of the vital air, and therefore his opinion itself, he cannot hold that opinion. But here he just quotes one statement. Teha praha pitaram etya uchuhu that these sense organs, all of them went to Prajapati and said this. So what does this statement mean here? It, when the sense organs can say things, when the sense organs can go some place, and when they talk amongst each other, when they can go to some place, and when they can talk to Prajapati the father, that shows that the sense organs are all conscious beings. That's all it means here. So this statement is quoted from the Chandogya Upanishad to prove a point. That look, the Upanishad says that the sense organs debated among themselves that they went to the Prajapati and they asked the father. That shows that they were behaving like conscious beings and therefore sense organs are conscious entities. Atma or the self should necessarily be a conscious principle. So this statement shows that the sense organs are also conscious. Secondly, the body moves and functions because of the sense organs, therefore also that is reason to show that the sense organs are the Self. And thirdly, anubhava or experience. ityadi What do I say? I am kana. Kana means one-eyed. I am. Or I am blind, I am dumb, I am deaf. So when I say I am deaf, what does it mean? Deafness is actually the characteristics of the ear. And when I say I am deaf, that means what? I am identified with the ear. So look, when you say that you are, I am deaf, that means you are taking the ears to be the self. When you say I am blind, that shows that I take the eyes to be the self. When if I am dumb, that shows that the speech is taken to be the self. And thus, just as other person quoted our experience, I am fat and I am lean, this person quotes another experience or another kind of statement that we make, that I am blind, I am deaf, I am dumb, I am one-eyed, etc., etc. So these kind of notions on our part reveal the fact that the sense organs are indeed taken to be self us. <coughs> Shruti, Yukti and Anubhava. Shruti or Upanishad statement was quoted here to show how the sense organs are conscious beings therefore they are Atma. Yukti is quoted that without yukti reasoning, that without the sense organs, the body cannot function. Therefore they are the Self. And Anubhava, the experience is quoted that a person says, I am lame and I am dumb, etc. That shows that the sense organs of action or organs of perception are taken to be the Self. (coughs) Okay. Then another one says, Passage and twenty-six, which we already have discussed actually. Uparascharvaka hair, anyon tarahatma, prana maya, prana abhave. इन्द्रियाधी चलन अयोगाद अहम् अशनायावान अहम् पिपासावान इत्यधी अनुभवात् प्राण आत्मा इति वदते Aparascharvagha, yet another school of materialists, little more advanced. What does he say? Prana atmai divadati. He says, Prana, or the vital air, is the self. This vital air is the self. <coughs> and in that contention, he also presents Shruti, Yukti, and Anubhava. He also presents scripture, also presents reasoning, and presents our actual experience. What does he say? Prābhāve indriyādhi Ayoga, First the reasoning. He says that, you are saying that the sense organs are the self, because sense organs are, is, are those which provide the consciousness to the body. But we say that, what is it from which even the sense organs draw their vitality? Even the sense organs, eyes, ears, hands, legs, speech, all of them in fact draw their vitality from where? from prana for the vital air. Because when the prana becomes weak, we find that the sense organs become weak. As age advances, and the prana or the vitality slowly and slowly, you know, wanes away from the body, we find that the functions of sense organs also become weaker and weaker. And therefore we say that, prana abhave indiyadisalan ayoga, And finally, when this vital air leaves his body, at the time of death, when the prana or the vital air leaves this body, that time your hands are there, legs are there, eyes are there, ears are there, are they functioning? Is it possible for the hands to move or legs to move when the prana or the vital air is not there? No. So, prana abhavi, in absence of the prana, in absence of vital air, the hands and legs and eyes and ears, then the person doesn't respond. Dad, do you listen to me? Doesn't. You want to say something? No response at all. Why? Because the prana is gone. So when the prana goes, then the organs of action and organs of perception, all of them become what? They become inert. So prana, abhava, indriya, the chalana, ayogat. We find that the indriyas of the body also, they have no sentience, or no consciousness. When the prana is not there, that shows that it is prana or the vital air which is the self and not the sense organs. And also, then s- there are different arguments with which we are not that interested yeah, But just for your information, for example, they are asked this fellow. You say that the sense organs are the self. Okay. Please tell us, are the sense organs self individually or as a group? You have five organs of perception and five organs of action. Do you have ten atmas or ten self in there or do you have one self? If you have ten self then this body cannot function even for a moment. Because one cell may want the body to go ahead, uh, forward, the other cell may want the body to go backward, you know. Suppose legs are also atma, and suppose two legs are there. Is each one of them cells, then the right leg may want to go forward, the left leg may want to go and when there are more than two, there is going to be def- definitely a difference of opinion. When there are, I'm sorry, more than one. Moment there is more than one, there is bound to be a difference of opinion. And in this body if there are ten atmas, then there will be tremendous conflict, you know, tremendous struggle. It can never have work. And therefore, it is not possible for the body to function if each sense organ is Atma. Then do you say that all of them are Atma collectively? Then the group of them is Atma, the group of them becomes a conscious entity, then does each, is each one of them conscious or not? And so, as a group they are conscious, where do they derive their consciousness from? Naturally, a group or assembly is that which is always assembled by someone else. And assembly is that which serves the purpose of someone other than itself. Like this hall or a temple is assembly of many columns and many beams, etc. And that assembly must be always put together by some conscious being other than the assembly, not part of the assembly. And the assembly must be put together for the purpose of a conscious being. And so also the organs of action, the organs of perception, all of this is a beautiful assembly. All these are different components of the system. All of them are assembled together to serve a certain purpose. That shows that all of them must have been assembled by being conscious being who is not a part of the assembly and for whose purpose the assembly is. Ever we say that sense organs cannot be the Atma because they are an aggregate or they are an assembly. So there is an Atma other than them who is responsible for the sentiency and for whose purpose? this whole group of sense organs is. <coughs> so he says, pranabhāve indriyādiclana bhāvat. Then, also quotes the statement from Taittiriya Upanishad, anya prāṇamaya. Taittiriya Upanishad says that anya, other than the body. Antara, within this body there is an ātmā. That this gross body is not the Self, but other than the gross body. And within the gross body there is another Self. Who is the Self? prāṇamayaḥ. So, self consisti- consisting of the vital air. So, Taithri Upanisha says that it is prāṇā or the vital air that really imparts sentiency to this body and therefore that alone is a self. Anyauntarātmā prāṇamayaḥ. So, there is shuti, yukti, anubhavā. It is our experience also. Right now, for example, asanāyavānaham, I'm hungry, you know. pipāsāvānaham, I'm thirsty. So, when I say I'm hungry, I am thirsty. Moment hunger comes, and we always start looking what is happening now, you know, what is the time, breakfast time, or what it is. And that shows I am hungry. Hunger is the quality, or hunger is the attribute of prana, or the vital air. And therefore, when I say I am hungry, I am thirsty. That shows that the prana, or the vital air, is that which I take to be the self. So, shruti, Yukti, Anubhava experience also shows how this prana or the vital air is the self. And not the body, not certainly not the sun, nor the body, nor the sense organs. They are not the self, but prana or the vital air is the self. Okay. Om Pur and Amadapur and Pūraṇamudachyate Pur and Adpur and Amudachade Pur and Asya Pur Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra-bhāśya-kṛtau-vande Bhagavanthau-punap-punaha Īśvaro-gururātmedhi mūrti-bheda-vibhāgi-ne Vyauma-vadhyāpta-dehāya dakṣiṇā-mūrtaye-namaha Om śānti śānti Hare O Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hare O